Hey ladies, welcome to Boss Ladies Connect. I am so excited that you're joining us on this podcast where we encourage women and inspire them to fully walk in everything that they've been called to do. We believe that each person has been created with a specific purpose and it is up to us to walk in it, to discover what it is and to allow it to fully manifest in our lives. And so each week we have conversations that allow us to evolve and grow and to fully understand and embrace the purpose call on our lives. And so ladies, without further ado, let us get started. And innocence is not a defense. So merely saying, oh, hey, I didn't know that you had a registered trademark. That's not a defense because from a legal standpoint, if you have a registered trademark, it's it's almost kind of like, um, well... You're automatically, it's your job as a business owner to do your due diligence to make sure that name is available. Hey ladies, have you been enjoying this series so far? We are continuing our series on doing business well. We have had some phenomenal guests. We've been talking about building um, the right team. We've talked about systems in your business and in your life. And now we're moving over into trademarking, which is so important. Listen, Attorney Charisma Thomas is a top trademark strategist and authority in the legal arena who has helped business owners for all over the U.S. to mitigate risk and ramifications commonly found in operating and growing a business. I'm so excited that she's here today to share some insights and not just insights, but some facts. Because, you know, we we actually need the facts, you know, um, we can't allow ourselves to just go based on what we think or what we assume, um, because when we're talking about legal stuff, we need to know exactly what we're talking about. She is the founder of High Tide Legal, an intellectual property and business law firm that provides legal and business clarity to new entrepreneurs, small business owners and nonprofit community leaders. Her credentials include graduating top 15%, that's cum laude, y'all, from North Carolina Central School of Law. She was a class of 2017, and she has been licensed to practice in North Carolina and South Carolina. She is a loving and devoted mom and wife. She has four sons, and she has purposed in her heart to live a life submitted to God. Listen, y'all know all these combinations of things is right here for me. As we are women of faith, ambitious women of faith, looking to build our businesses, to do life well, and to be purposeful and impactful in all of our pursuits, it is only fitting that attorney Charisma Thomas and I had an opportunity to sit down and talk about all of the questions and all of the things surrounding trademarking. So without further ado, let's get into this week's conversation. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Boss Ladies Connect. Guys, I am so excited. I'm really glad to have this conversation that we're about to embark on with Charisma. Um, She is just a phenomenal woman, and she is going to be sharing all of the gems and the things that we need to know about trademarking. And so I'm excited to um, have you, Charisma. Welcome to Boss Ladies Connect. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tisha. I'm very happy to be here. Um, this is actually my first podcast recorder. So oh. 
for um, the invitation. I'm excited as well. So I love that because the first one is always the one you remember. So that means that, you know, when you start doing all the big things and all the other podcasts, I'll still be able to pull you back in because I was the first okay. one. <laughs> so yes. Can you introduce yourself, please, and tell everyone about yourself and your business? Absolutely. So um, as you've already stated, my name is Charisma. I am married, have been for almost five and a half years now. Um, I'm blessed to have four sons, one of which is still in womb, due very soon. Um, and as per work, you know, I am a business attorney and I'm also um, an intellectual property attorney. So that's a little bit about me. Um, other things that I do outside of law, um, I'm an active uh, member of my church. I'm a minister and I really enjoy fashion and <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, yeah, and I really, you know, have a heart for um, those who are in transition as far as needing assistance and help with life, you know, going from maybe a state of poverty to, you know, a state where God intended for them to be. Oh, I love it. And I'm a mom of five. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Four of them are adults. So I'm only working with one right now. Um, but I know it must be extremely busy. So I'm so grateful that you have hopped on this call and you are 37 weeks pregnant right now. 38, 38 oh. weeks. <laughs> well, you look gorgeous. Thank you. Yes, I appreciate that. So 38, but history for me, 38 weeks, most of my children have been, well, actually all of them. I have three that's out, but all of them have been late, you know, 10 to, 10 to 12 days late. Now, I don't, I don't want that to happen. Let's go around, but yeah. <laughs> well, we'll be praying. We'll be praying because it is a hot summer and I have my daughter. Actually, her birthday is September the 4th. So I was so ready. Okay. It's yeah. not even funny. <laughs> yes. Yeah second summer baby so yes yes I am ready to I am ready to have him but you know he can he can stay in for about another week and a half I gotta get some stuff <laughs> together <laughs> definitely I completely understand so you are a business law attorney is that what you said yes, I yes. so I do you know help businesses with other things other than trademarks my focus really is solidifying the legal framework of businesses. And obviously trademarks, I like to look at it as a pillar of your business. So I do assess, assist a lot of my clients with um, filing their trademark application. Wow. So how did you get into this part of law? There's so many areas of law. How did you mm -hmm. get into this? And um, yeah, tell us the story about how you ended up where you are now. Well, I went to undergrad, I was in business school. So I've always had a passion for businesses. Um, I've always felt like, you know, I'm going to stick my nose in everyone's business and try to help you solution solve. And this is wrong. We could be doing this better. So I've always had that um, strategist part of me that I was very passionate about. Now, I decided to go to law school. Actually, it was 
a bit random how I ended up in law school, but people always told me my whole life that like, you should be a lawyer, you know, because I like to debate, I like to discuss, I like to, you know, have these back and forth conversations. So even though it was, it felt a little random, it was for sure, you know, destiny for me to be there. So I always had a passion for business. So when I went in law school, I knew that I wanted to do something in that arena as far as being in business law. And like I said, I view trademarks and copyrights and your intellectual property protection has been very vital to the infrastructure of a business. So they kind of just went hand in hand for me. Can you tell those of us that are listening that may not understand what intellectual um, property. property is? Yes. So intellectual property can encompass a lot. Um, it can be from copyright protection, trademark protection, um, trade dress, which deals with like the design. Um, that's something that you will also file at the trademark office. And then you also have patent law. Patent law, those are, you know, you have patent designs and then you have um, different aspects of filing for patents. I'm not a patent attorney, so I do not um, practice in that area. So I can't speak too much to that. But intellectual property could vary, you know, of, with, with all three of those copyrights, patents, trademark, trade dress, even trade secrets. I, so, so I took a business law course <laughs> when I was getting my business degree. Okay. Um, and so I kind of am familiar a little bit with intellectual property and I found like patenting really interesting. Um, yeah. And I know that trademarking is important, right? But I've, it's so interesting that we're having this podcast and this conversation because I just got finished talking to one of my friends who has been in business, hmm, I want to say like almost eight, anywhere between eight to 10 years. Mm -hmm. And she just got a cease and a cis letter. Oh, a cease and a cis letter. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes. And so wow. we were, I'm like... <laughs> Oh my goodness. So it was, it's like perfect timing that we're talking about this. Can you tell us a little bit about specifically like what a trademark is and why it's important for business owners to have that? And would that be the same? So it's for her. Well, let me let you tell us what it is and then I'll know if it's the same, the same thing okay. that's going on with her. A trademark can be a name, a symbol, a slogan, a phrase or pretty much anything that can act to identify or advertise your particular business. So any of those could potentially be eligible to receive trademark protection when we're thinking about what is a trademark. Um, as far as your friend receiving a cease and desist letter, I'm assuming that it was for trademark infringement. Um, that's something that I've dealt with before with my clients. I've had to send them out for my clients before. So it's a real thing. And um, although it's not a court order, it's the first step that most attorneys would legally advise for clients to take to give that other business owner the opportunity to, to cease and desist from being in operation. And then also, you know, it saves both. And also it saves both parties money because obviously your first step is you don't want to go start filing in court. So if you could potentially work out something before you have to go to court, that's what most attorneys try to do before you jump right into, okay, let's go file and sue them and have the court send them, you know, these papers and so on and so forth. So it's kind of like, if you've named your business, 
right? You've named your business, but you haven't trademarked that name. And then somebody else picks that name for their business and they trademark it, then the person who trademarked it can now send the cease and desist assist letter to the other person to stop using that name? So yes, that's typically how it will work. Now, I always like to tell my clients, it's a little bit of an investigative stage with that, even with the cease and desist letter. Because you have what's called common law trademark rights, which is basically said at the moment that you open your business and start offering you know, your goods or services within commerce, you automatically get common law trademark rights within that geographic location. So you really have to look at it at a factor by factor base. It's not like a black and white issue. Um, I can use for an example, because you know, I know this helps listeners to kind of understand what I'm saying. Uh, say, for instance, if I open up my business in, well, actually, I'll use my own company, actually. I open up High Tide Legal here in North Carolina um, in October. Um, I would say around December of that same year, another High Tide law, law office, which is a little, High Tide was the dominant portion of name, opened up in California. I found my trademark after they had opened so right now I'm in the process of, you know, waiting for my trademark to get approved and registered, which that's a whole nother story that we can get into later on with some of the um, questions that we may go over. But saying that to say, once my trademark is approved and registered, I can't just go in and say, hey, stop, you know, operating in California, because at that time I was only, you know, serving clients here in North Carolina. So my, even though my common law trademark rights would supersede theirs as far as in North Carolina, it won't supersede theirs in California because it's limited to the geographic area that you in, you're in. So, however, the benefit would be that I could prevent them from expanding. So say, for instance, if they have you know, aspirations to open up law offices all around California or all around you know, the U.S. 50 states, I can prevent them from doing so because my trademark now, I would have supreme rights in all 50 states, whether or not I have actually served any clients in those areas before because it's um, federally registered. Wow. So there's a lot involved just because you've got something in the mail doesn't necessarily mean um, that you have to stop everything. Right. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that because I've had clients that um, received the cease and desist letter and after I reviewed it and looked at the facts, I realized that the person actually did not have a registered trademark. They had their trademark on the supplemental register. And that's a lot of things that people, mm -hmm. a lot of where there are two registers. You have the principal register and you have the supplemental register. And this particular client received the cease and desist letter from someone whose trademark was on the supplemental register. So by it being on the supplemental register, it automatically says that your name was not considered distinctive enough to receive registration on the principal register because it may have been, you know, too, too um, merely descriptive. So right now you're waiting, you're in a waiting process. You have secured your spot in line, which is good. So in some cases I do suggest that clients do go that route. However, your, your rights to enforce this particular trademark are not strong. So technically we could argue, well, my client technically, you know, 
We don't have to stop yet. We don't even know if your mark is going to actually ever end up on a principal register. Now, um, obviously, like I said, you definitely want to speak with an attorney before you, you know, make that conclusion because it depends. It depends how close they are to being able to make a strong argument that my mark should be on the principal register because they could be very close. I could research the company and say, hey, it's a high likelihood that they're going to get approved and be on the principal register um, within the coming year. So you may want to start positioning yourself to rebrand. So it seems like it's a lot involved <laughs> um, with the process, which is why, you know, you would hire an attorney to do that for you. But I guess my next question is, so when, when do you suggest that people um, trademark? Because like, does, does, ne does everything necessarily need to be trademarked? How do you kind of make that determination? And I know that there is like a, a, a quite a bit of expense <laughs> to do that as well. So if you could kind of talk about those two things. Okay, so I guess I can talk about first, when do you need to trademark? Um, I always like to use examples, um, but I know I've heard of this particular brand um, and she tells her own story, but for the purposes of this video, I'm gonna you know, keep it you know, anonymous, but it was a particular lady who she had opened a business and it had grew to six figures. And you know, obviously she wasn't thinking about trademarking her brand. She was opening up a business. Um, it, it, people liked it and it grew later on, like similar to your friend, she received a cease and desist letter. Like I said, I've received cease and desist letters and I have also been issued, issued them out. Um, sometimes they will ask for you to send over, you know, your accounting records and what profits that you made and innocence is not a defense. So merely saying, Oh, Hey, I didn't know that you had a registered trademark. That's not a defense because from a legal standpoint, if you have a registered trademark, it's it's almost kind of like, um, well, I'm not even going to get into that because that can probably confuse. But from a legal standpoint, you're automatically it's your job as a business owner to do your due diligence <clears throat> to make sure that name is available. Hey guys, so sorry for this interruption, but I just wanted to come on and just talk to you about ways that we can further connect. I get a lot of inquiries in my DM about ways that we can go beyond the podcast. And so I just wanted to take the moment and give you three different ways that we can further connect and partner. And so the first way is, did y'all know I had a YouTube series? I have a YouTube channel entitled Tisha Talks, and there's a lot more content there and conversations that I've had that could absolutely help you as you are continuing your journey to do life well and to do business well. Um, and so that's the first way. The second way is um, if you're having a conference or an event and you're looking for a speaker, someone who is committed to living a purpose-filled life, to providing transformative information, uh, to growing and empowering individuals, I am your girl, okay? I would love to partner with you as you build the communities that you're in. I would love to be a part of that, the things that you are doing in your environment. Like this is what it's all about. It's about us being impactful in the spheres of influences that we have. And so the link to be able to book me as a speaker is also going to be available in the show notes. 
Now the third way is kind of similar to the second way, um, except maybe you're not looking for a speaker, but you're looking for a host, someone who can facilitate, someone who loves to connect people together, someone who loves to build community, someone who loves to empower and encourage and um, just enlighten and bring another sense of inspiration and just enjoyment to the room here I am. I'd love to partner with you in that way um, to help make your event a success. And so for all of these different ways for us to partner and connect outside of the podcast, links to this will be in my show note. And I'm super excited to get to know you beyond this space right here. All right. All right. All right. I'm going to stop talking. We're going to get back to the episode. Enjoy. So if you don't do your due diligence, then that's your fault. So innocence is not an excuse. So if, you know, from that example, obviously you would say, well, when do I trademark? I say uh, trademarking is not something that you put a charity on top of your business after you've reached this plateau of success. This is something that you include in the foundation of your business. So you need to be thinking about trademarking within the first year of your business. And I understand, you know, a lot of business owners may say, well, I can't afford it. Well, and that's when I suggest, you know, okay, let's, let's, let's at least meet and talk and see where your brand is, what your attentions are from your brand. And let's get together, you know, a quote and a proposal so you can have an idea. Okay. This would be the investment for my business. This is the investment for my intellectual property portfolio. And then that way you can start, you know, either one, take advantage. My particular firm, we offer 90 day payment plans, as well as we have a service where you can apply for a pay pay later option. Um, But if those two options aren't something that you're able to do, then let's get a plan of action for you to start saving. That way you're not building this brand and then you find out, oh my goodness, someone else has a name that's similar similar to mine or the same and you have to rebrand after you after you've put so much work into building it up so mm-hmm. i look at it uh, something that should be in the foundation of building your company you know there's a lot of things that you said that was so um that stood out to me but one of the things was when you said innocence is not a defense <laughs> like that's not going to save you. That's not going to not require you to make whatever adjustments or changes. And I think that that's something that, especially as so many people are entrepreneurs now, like moving into the business space and you get in and you're kind of like, you're, you're learning as you go. But I feel like this is um, an expensive lesson to learn because (laughs) it's, I know it's a little costly to get a trademark and I'm even speaking to myself. So yeah, <laughs> to get a trademark, but it's more expensive to rebrand, especially when you get to a certain level. And I feel like I know who you're talking about because I follow her and mm-hmm. I know the whole thing. Um, and I'm sure it was a very expensive thing to rebrand yeah. everything, you know? Right. And, so, and it's not the first time that I've heard it for, um, for businesses, um, you know, for, for people that brands that I follow. And so. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I even use my own example, my, my own testimony. When I first opened up my law firm, I was not focusing um, much on trademarks. I started focusing on that at about month 10, maybe nine or 10 of being open, maybe sooner than that. But just saying that to say, 
I didn't even think about seeing if my own name was available when I picked my name. Mm-hmm. I felt, you know, you know, like I mentioned before, you know, a woman of faith. I felt like this was the name that God gave me. And a lot of times, you know, I work with a lot of people who are, you know, of faith and they feel like, well, God gave me this name. It has to be here. And yeah, I felt the same way. But right now I'm in a process of defending to get my own trademark for my own law firm, High Tide Legal Through. It was, it's, it has right now been denied because it was another high tide, another high tide that was registered. We don't offer the same services, but that particular examiner felt that it, they could not coexist. Now I disagree with them, which is why, even though I've been you know, denied and they've made a final decision on it, I'm appealing that decision. But to appeal that decision alone cost me $450 just to file the appeal papers. Now I'm an attorney, so I can sell. But if you go try to get an attorney to appeal something for you, you're talking about you're, you're double and tripling the cost of what it would have cost you if you would have figured out beforehand if the name was available and reached out to that particular company. And maybe you all could have reached some type of agreement because I've done that as well for some of my clients. So waiting, it costs you more money. And I'm learning that from my own example, you know, have yeah. sooner. You know, and in some instances, it's it's a matter of days with some clients like, wow, this person filed on the 10th and we filed on the 19th. And now your trademark has been denied because or refused because of that other trademark application that was submitted. So it's cheaper to do it beforehand than trying to do it later on once your business is successful. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. I, I, when you were talking about, you know, people of faith. Um, and starting businesses, um, and just even, and even if you're not a person of faith, just, I think not really understanding all that is required in, um, in structuring. Cause I know you help with that too, right? Structuring yeah. business. Um, and I could speak from my own experience. I was just like, Oh, let me do this file LLC. Let me do this. Let me do that. But not really having a really good structure or what is going to work best for me, my situation and my business. And so I think it's so important. And like you said, things that people should consider at the foundation and kind of plan or budget or prepare for it um, as they're growing. Yeah. Actually, I offer, you know, a service for those new entrepreneurs. If you are, you know, new and you feel like I don't even know what to do, I'm just going to, you know, Google it and figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. On Google, and not saying that Google is all bad. Google is a starting point, but it's not a finishing place. You know, it's a place where you can get and you know an idea, but you have to follow up to make sure that that information is actually accurate and correct and still up to date law, because it could potentially be something that may have been true in 2020, but has since changed in 2022. So that that's what I like to you know warn clients about, and even with you know using LegalZoom, LegalZoom can pair you with law firms, but LegalZoom is not a law firm in and of itself. So LegalZoom is more so like a filing agency. So if you go to LegalZoom to file your trademark, um, they're not necessarily doing a name search. They're just filling out the application based on what you've given them, and they're submitting it for you. 
So now you can pay additional money to have an attorney look at it. I don't know all the terms surrounding that, but you know, a lot of times people just get confused online and that's how entrepreneurs end up in those jams. Yeah, definitely. And, and innocence is not a defense. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I am going to say that over and over. And then now, especially the thing I love about God is like, okay, you didn't know before, but now you know. So now you have a new responsibility to um, steward the information that you now have, right? So even in like the, the faith capacity, I think that, you know, once you're informed, it's not to just blindly keep moving forward without, you know, doing the work to, um, like he's, God is giving you the information. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's told you. <laughs> All right. So and it's, and it's so much information out there. Like us talking is really just surface talk. Mm -hmm. And that a lot of times people will leave like a 60 minute presentation and think that they're ready to, you know, handle, you know, a level of expertise that has taken years for a person to get. So, and, and I think that's also a misunderstanding with, I'm, I'm a person that I will invest to work with a professional. That's me. You know, I, I do believe that business owners should become acquainted with different aspects of your business. You should be acquainted with marketing, how it works. You should be acquainted with sales. But obviously the person that has the grace and the gift and the anointing for that, they're gonna think about stuff differently than you would ever look at it. So don't underestimate that and just think, oh, I can read an article and I can operate the same level that they're operating at. You know, and I think that that's something yeah. that business, you know, I, I get it. We're trying to save money. But a lot of times it doesn't work because you, you don't have that gift. And <laughs> you are, um, I believe his name is Michael Hyatt. He has a book called uh, Free to Focus. And mm -hmm. one thing that he said, I was like, yes, 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 yes. Um, the energy that you are investing and wasting and trying and learning the process or trying to figure it out and then actually doing the process and then correcting your mistakes along the way that same energy you could be exerting in the thing that you're gifted to do, which actually brings you the money to right. pay for the things that you need to do. And so when he began to break it down like that, I was like, oh, well, that makes sense to pay someone. Like if I pay you a certain amount of money, but the thing that I do yields me a certain amount of money, then really let me look at it. It's profitable for me to do what I do and then just pay you to do what you do because I can pulling money you know moving in that space yeah I, I, exactly exactly so I wanted to um really quickly ask you about what this trademark process looks like um okay. just I mean I know I'm already like I'm not trying to take nobody's video or like course <laughs> trademark right. I've, I've sat in on a couple of things and I already know that it's not something that I can really put my hands on, but just so people have an idea of uh, what that process looks like, if you could share that. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously every attorney's process is different. So for my particular law firm, I like to first start with a discovery call. In this discovery call, I like to ask questions that hopefully we can get to digging and getting that entrepreneur business owner thinking and also maybe uncovering some issues or blind spots that they may 
have not considered. Um, this is very important for me because I think that with the influx of trademark attorneys, you know, showing up online, um, I like to take a more holistic approach with businesses because for me, a trademark is only worth what your business, how well your business operates. So for me, yes, a trademark is extremely important. And like I said, it's part of those pillars, but we want to issue spot and uncover some blind spots. So my first thing is during that discovery call, even though you may be reaching out to me for a trademark, I'm going to ask questions that may uncover other issues than just, okay, do you have your trademark registered? So this is why with my particular process, I like to kind of couple that with a strategic session where we kind of speak to the trademark, but we also speak to other parts of your business. So that, that is one of the you know, aspects of my trademark process that I feel differentiate me from other trademark attorneys. So that's number one. So um, we start off with the discovery call and we're able to kind of discuss, the discovery call is short, but that way, by the end, I can say, okay, these are some things that you said that I feel that you may need to address by doing X, Y, and Z, plus your trademark. Then I kind of set out to them the option and, you know, if you decide to move forward, this is what our plan of action will be. First, you know, obviously get on your trademark application. So with your trademark application, say, for instance, if you come to me as a new client, the first thing we're going to do is do what's called a knockout search. That knockout search will tell me if there are any other names that are registered or pending that we should be concerned about. That way, before we move forward to step two, you can decide, okay, do we need to change the name altogether? Maybe we need to add a distinctive term. What can we do to um, overcome this potential refusal that may occur if we move forward with it as is? So you get two of those. So if the first name is unavailable, then we're able to do another knockout search. And then we can speak, um, typically by the second one, we're good to go. But in the event that there, that one is not available, then we could do another knockout search um, for an additional fee. If the knockout search, you know, nothing shows up, then we move forward with the comprehensive search. So the comprehensive search goes beyond just what's registered. That speaks to all 50 states, all LLCs. That speaks, you know, from, from just a, a higher viewpoint. It also looks at social media. And from that comprehensive search, I'm able to kind of advise you, okay, this is what's going on beyond just what's registered. So that if there is another company, like in my situation I spoke about, where there's another high tide in California, is something that should be uncovered in that comprehensive search. So I can make put you, you know, let make you aware of it and say, hey, this person may have common law trademark rights here. So you could potentially down the road run into, you know, them not allowing you to come into their particular geographic area. So that will all be set out in a legal opinion. So once I issue that legal opinion to you, which should be a written legal opinion, then we can discuss it. If everything looks good to go, then obviously we move forward with the next step, which will be filing it. But if it isn't, then that's when we kind of have to go back to the drawing board and, and discuss. So in the event that everything is good to go, we move forward with filing that particular trademark. I can assist you. Well, I, I assist my clients with the whole process. However, it just depends on what type of client that, you know, your brand. So you have some particular entrepreneurs or business owners who are thinking about launching things, but they haven't actually launched yet. 
So you can file a trademark for those um, intent to use brand names or slogans or um, symbols. You can file an intent to use application for that. So if you are one of those clients who you haven't launched yet, mm -hmm. then we can file your application. Um, in that event, we'll go ahead and file it. And then once it is approved, you'll receive what's called a notice of allowance. Then that's when we'll start speaking about, okay, when are you going to launch? You can only extend that time for a period of three years. So it would have to be within three years from the time you get that first notice of allowance letter. Okay. If you're that. Now, if you're a client where your product or your good or service is already in use in commerce, then your situation will look different. We would focus on filing your application. You will have to prove that you are actually using your particular trademark in commerce. So that will require us to get um, put together what's called a specimen, which could be your website. It could be a photo of the item. It could be a brochure. It could be an array of things, depending on what your particular good or service is. Um, in some instances, like for artists or stage names or books, a lot of nuances can come up with that. So uh, it depends on what it is because some are, you know, simpler than others. Then you have those trademark applications that can get a bit um, more taxing because it's what, based on what you're offering. Okay. But, but from start to finish, if you want to know like, well, how long does it take? It, once we actually register it, if you came in, you know, decide, okay, I want to come in from start to finish, your trademark should actually, if everything goes smooth, it should be filed within a week. If everything goes, you know, if you're responsive, if you have everything ready, <laughs> we trademark application submitted within a week, which is good because the sooner, the better. And that's right. when your trademark rights will reflect the day that you file the application. Now, when you actually receive your registration number, it would depend on if you have you launched yet. If you haven't, then obviously it's going to take longer. But if you have, then you would likely receive that within 12 to 14 months from the time that we actually register it. But your trademark right date will date back and reflect the time that we filed it, which is paramount when you are trying to start enforcing your rights because you are saying, hey, I, my trademark rights come from you know, January 2022, and you open your business in March. So it supersedes. So when you're thinking about the hierarchy and who's first, you want to make sure that you, the sooner you file it, the better. Okay. So it takes about a year to get the, the final? To get your registration number, which is, you know, that's when you first file it, you have what's called a serial number. So that's where you're your application is connected to that. So to get your actual registration number, right now it's taking about 12 to 14 months if everything goes smoothly. And that means with you know pretty much no office actions. And that's another aspect of the trademark process that could come up. And like I said, those applications that are a bit more um, taxing mm -hmm. or have issues that we would identify in that legal opinion stage, I would let you know, hey, you may get a refusal for it being merely descriptive. You may get a refusal for a likelihood of confusion. Um, this is something that you want to be, you know, thinking about. Do yeah. you want to move or do you want to change your name? I have clients who say, well, I want most of my clients want to move forward because they've already, they're con connected to that name. Mm -hmm. And 
Okay, well, when the office action, which is basically the examining attorney, they issue out a letter saying, hey, the name has been refused for all of these reasons. If I feel that it's something that can be overcame, then I will type up a response, which is typically, you know, a six to 10 page response. And that I set out, you know, this is why I disagree with you. I set out the law, I set out cases, and I say this name should be approved. In some instances that has overcame a refusal, but in some instances I knew that, you know, I don't have a strong argument here. I don't have a lot of teeth to my bite. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like going to court. You know, you have clients who say, I want to go to court. And the attorney says, <coughs> excuse me, the attorney may say, oh, I don't think that you have a strong case. And they say, well, I still want to go. Right. And, you know, you may or may not win. Mm -hmm. So that's the risk that we take. So a lot, I like to advise clients up front, hey, it's not looking favorable for you. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, so that you know. Right. Adamant, I want to move forward. Then obviously we attempt it, but I let them know. Okay. And it's been times where I was overly cautious and nothing happened. So, you know, and that happens because, you know, yeah. I'm a human and, you know, I'm looking at it from my perspective and I may be being overly cautious sometimes, which I like to be because I don't want my client to be disappointed. So when you say um, the register, the registration number is that the R? Is that when you're able to get the R? Right. Okay. Okay. So that's that's yeah. Yeah. So I just have one more question for you, and then I would love for you to let everybody know, like how they can get in touch with you. I'll also have your information in the show notes, so they can um, click on that if, if they want to reach out. But my last question is: I think I saw recently, and, and guys, she also. Um, gives a lot of tips and snippets on Instagram um, mm -hmm. that they want to check her out and follow her there as well. But so one of those tips or snippets that you had on there, you were talking about social media and like trademarking that a little bit. Can you just like really briefly let us know? I think something new came up that most people didn't know that they were able to do. You can share that. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. So I think um, you may be talking about my most recent port post that I posted about the copyright office. Right. So other common misconceptions, sometimes people get copyright and trademark um, confused. So copyright that protects, um, you know, your works. So a trademark is focusing on that brand and that source identifier for that product or good or service. So the post that I was talking about was not in reference to trademarking, but was talking about the copyright office. So if you, I found this particularly, you know, useful for those people who are bloggers and, or um, maybe you have a email that you sent out that that's something that you can, that's a way that you basically can protect your intellectual property as well as your social media posts. You know, you have influencers and a lot of times people invest a lot. They may have a copywriter who are writing up these posts for them. So you invest a lot. So you want to make sure that someone is not coming in, copying and pasting the exact thing that you have said on your post. So the copyright office, with that said, the copyright office now has this application, which are for short literary works. So that can be your social media posts. That can be um, your newsletter. That can be your blog. You can 
can register these things on one application and you can do up to 50 of those short literary works and register it, which is one application fee. So that's very useful for those people who are influencers or maybe you have a, um, like I said, a newsletter or you write a blog, you can start protecting, you know, that intellectual property and all of that hard work and that creative work that goes into developing, you know, this information that a lot of people just consume for free. And then you have other, you know, influencers who see what you're doing and see you've been successful and having these brand deals and think that, oh, I could just do this too. Let me just copy and paste what she did, not realizing how much work has went into it. Um, one of the things I do also want to highlight is that if you do not register that copyright, then you can't go to court and sue for infringement because you, you don't have that registration. So that's another reason why you want to make sure that you protect your intellectual property. Now, that's not the same for trademarks. That's not the same rule for trademarks, but in particularly for those that copyright infringement, you want to make sure that you actually register your work and able to enforce your rights to protect it. So I have a saying, so would this apply? Um, I have a saying, it's when passion meets purpose, great things happen, right? And then it says like Tisha talks. So would that uh -huh. be something that you can copyright? Like, or so no? it, is that like a slogan <laughs> for your business? Yeah, as a slogan. Like I, I try to put that after every, um, like after I do my content and I say things, I'll say when passion meets purpose, great things happen. I have different ones, but. Like, yeah. yeah. So would that well, be or... Logan for your business, then that that's when you will get over into trademarking it. Okay. So they don't protect um, short phrases, but a trademark does. <clears throat> so long as it's acting as a source identifier. So like I said, a trademark can be a name. It can be a, si a symbol. It can be a phrase. It can be anything pretty much that is acting as advertisement or a source identifier for your business. Okay. See, now I learned something. So I got to have you come back and talk about copywriting. So <laughs> definitely. So can you let everyone know how they can reach you and any new things that you may have going on? Yeah, absolutely. So like you said, um, definitely want to follow me on Instagram. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter as well, but I'm definitely more active as well as TikTok, but I'm definitely most active on Instagram. Um, that's where I post a lot of my information, but I'm looking to get more active on those other platforms. But on all of those platforms, I have the same handle, which is at High Tide Legal. So you can definitely follow and connect with me there. And I, in, in those um, in my, within my profile, you can, you know, reach out to request a complimentary consultation and we can speak. So that's a way, the first way to get connected with me. Um, as far as new things coming up, I'm getting ready to start, um, open up like a subscription type service. I'm still, you know, in the process of getting the name for it and figuring all of that out. But if you join my email list, you would definitely, um, get all of that information. And I also have, um, a quick PDF that if you want to download too, it's called five things that you cannot trademark. And that's also another, you know, first stepping stone for you to kind of get an idea of how to pick your business name. Well, thank you, Charisma. It has been a pleasure having you. You've given so much insightful information and I'm definitely going to circle back around <laughs> so we can talk about copywriting. I thank you so much for being here. 
Yeah, thank you so much, um, Tisha. I, like I said, this is my first podcast. Um, so now I'm ready to go, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, um, thank you guys for listening. As always, we want to make sure that you are doing life well and doing your business well. We'll talk to you next time. Ladies, did you enjoy that episode or what? Did this episode speak to you in some kind of way? I would absolutely love to hear about it. Y'all know it does my heart good when you subscribe and you share this podcast with someone else that you know can absolutely benefit from it. Y'all, we are out here connecting, walking in our purpose and encouraging each other along the way. I love meeting with you every week and I'd love to stay further connected. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Tisha underscore talks and to visit my website, www.tishatalks.org. You'll find the podcast, you'll find other videos and you'll find other courses and classes and workshops, conferences, the list goes on and on to the things that we are currently doing so that we can further connect beyond this weekly podcast. So ladies, without further ado, I want you guys to walk fully in everything that you've been called to align your passion with your purpose and go out there and get everything that has your name on it. Talk to you later.